Hey everybody and welcome to the Wellness That Works podcast. Now, this is the point where I'd normally say hi Lily, but she isn't here today. My sidekick, my co-host, my partner in crime is not here. Um, but I do have somebody else who I can chat to today um, and I'll introduce you in just a second. So it's Menopause Awareness Month um, and we've been doing having lots of conversations around this at WW. And this week we, we had an incredible panel of women um, together uh, to talk about all things menopause, their own stories, which differ greatly, um, as we know, from woman to woman. Um, and today I have the pleasure of having Jess Rad here with me um, just to sort of maximise on this conversation and to take it, you know, a step further again for all of our listeners um, Jess Rad, who um, founded The Womanhood. Um, so hello, Jess. Welcome. Hello, Sam. Nice to be here. It's great to have you here. Um, so just talk to us a, a second about The Womanhood. Tell me all about it and what it is. I know it's a platform for women, so yeah. um, which already sounds amazing to me. So <laughs> if you just want to give us an overview of what it is yeah. and why you started it. Yeah, absolutely. So, So The Womanhood is a platform devoted to connecting women on the unspoken challenges of womanhood. So being a woman, I'm sure mm -hmm. you'll know that's very broad. So yeah. it ranges from all the women's health issues that we encounter mm -hmm. to the hidden realities of our relationships, um, our financial well-being, to lots of the nuances of being a woman today. Think your confidence gap, the people-pleasing, perfectionism, the overwhelm, and lots in between. So I do that through creating live virtual experiences, which have been okay. called the, uns the Unspoken Sessions. So oh, I bring wow, women together mm -hmm. yeah, with the experts in these areas. And the idea is to uh, empower every guest with the knowledge, mindset and toolkit to make 1% changes in your life. Because big change often feels really unsustainable and inaccessible. Like a mountain. Yeah. yeah, like a mountain, particularly to women today who are mm -hmm. very time poor. Um, and you get to connect with other women going through a similar thing because, you know, I think we live in, well, we have been living through a loneliness epidemic for many years. Yeah. And I've been very keen to try and create a space where you can come together with other people that are going through a similar situation and feel invigorated and motivated to make small but powerful changes in your life. Wow, that sounds fantastic. So essentially a safe space to talk about anything, it sounds like. Um, very, it just, it just sounds like everything that we do at WW, but you're doing it in this broad health, uh, women's health sense. Yeah. Um, and that sounds fantastic. And obviously one of those aspects which must come up quite a lot, um, yeah. which affects a lot of women is the menopause. Um, so is that sort of, I mean, why did you, did you start this because of just the expectations and pressures on women or did you start it because of a particular experience? <clears throat> yeah, there was several things to it. One was that I'd created a network down here where I live in Brighton of women who in the, in the local community because I... I was new to it. I had a friend move to the area. We ended up with nine people at a pub. Um, fast forward a few years, there's about 250 people in wow. this WhatsApp group now. Um, 
And I, at the time, was bringing together in, people together in a physical space, which felt really important. You know, it's so difficult to find proper time to connect. And I felt mm. like we were confusing digital interaction with human connection. Yes. Um, but as this group grew, these meetups became smaller because people didn't want to go to a pub with you know, what they thought might be 90 people. And of course, yes. there was never that many people. Uh -huh. So it was percolating for a while. Like, how can I make physical meetups more purposeful? Um, at the same time, I felt really, like, blessed to be connected to loads of incredible, talented women. And I wanted mm -hmm. to create a platform for them to kind of amplify their mission. So many women are out there supporting other women. Mm -hmm. um, and the more I talked to and listened to women about the real challenges that they were facing there were so many commonalities between them and yet whether it was because society had deemed that they were should be shrouded in shame and secrecy so we shouldn't mm -hmm. talk about them or whether it was just the nature of our super busy time poor lives either way we weren't actually coming together and, and talking about it and talking and then the other part was I went through a a miscarriage before my first child and I guess mm -hmm. that was one of my first experiences of you know a kind of socially taboo topic really yeah, you know absolutely. it was I was working at a big corporate at the time and I you know took a couple of weeks off and mm -hmm. when I you know it was a very very dark time in my life and when mm -hmm. I came back I, I hadn't told nobody knew why I hadn't been there and as I started to slowly share it with people yeah. all these other women came out saying oh yeah wow. me too. it's pre me too movement you well, know it's me the too, me too, too isn't it yes. uh, well exactly and it and I just felt kind of so grateful that people had shared but also quite furious that, you know, who, who decided that we shouldn't know about this when one in four pregnancies ends in miscarriage, you know. Yeah. Why, this haven't, be I, an, why an haven't I spoken about it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was lots of seeds that, yeah, ended up creating what was physical meetups and now, thanks to COVID, has become online and virtual and it's extended across the country now and internationally. Which is really interesting, isn't it? Because originally... You were thinking, okay, this this isn't a digital thing. This is a person in person connection thing. Yeah, lockdown obviously changed that for everything, for everybody, for everything. Yeah. So we then got better at connecting digitally. It's still not the replacement, <clears throat> is it? And I would never, I would never say it is. There's nothing better than that sort of human interaction in person being able to see you know the lines on somebody's face the expressions and not just you know a filtered screen on zoom yeah. so in one way I suppose those people that did that sort of need that personal touch weren't weren't getting it but I hope that we can get back to there and I think that we are yeah crossed. and and I really hope to bring back in-person experiences as well and what I feel mindful of now is that of course they can't just be in Brighton because I've got you know people in Scotland that you know yes. in Wales that you know all over the shop that will want to be part of them so that's definitely on the horizon I I I did manage you know I was never going to build an online business that wasn't on my agenda at all no. and it was only when I had my next session planned it was called reframing resilience when lockdown hit and I you know like everybody else down tooled homeschooling my kids we're in a crisis mm -hmm. and it was only when a friend of mine said Jess you've got to do this session this is what women need this right now this is what we need <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need resilience and we need connection you know we were all locked in our houses it's kind of hard to believe in some ways now isn't it, it yeah wasn't that long ago but so, so I, there yeah, you are I trying to, to homeschool it. 
Yeah, exactly. I know. Doing everything was... else and actually thinking, I have got a responsibility here. I've started something and actually this is a premium point in time oh. where people need to talk. Yeah. So you yeah. continued. I continued and, and I put the whole format into including because I always want it to be like a full sensory experience but we have a playlist made every time we have a like a yoga movement break in the middle because sitting mm-hmm. in front of a screen for a couple of hours is a bit boring you know yeah. I put people in breakout rooms with very explicit like instructions about what you're going to share so that you still get to connect with other women because that was always one of the wow. favorite parts for people is yeah. oh my god there's all these other women that mm-hmm. are going through a similar thing and there's mm-hmm. so much power in hearing your story and another's Okay, yeah, that sounds fantastic. And coming back to the menopause and when you mm. hear about what women are going through and you think, oh, okay, it was only the, the other day that I was hearing that there are potentially, or there are 48 symptoms of the menopause and there could be things that you simply brush under the carpet because you just think, well, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to think too much about it because actually I'm too busy. But in, in the meantime anxiety is building and anxiety for me is the saddest um thing because i i think i'm i'm watching so many people experience it and so many people um get worse with anxiety and not know why um so so are there any particular stories that you've heard through your network of women um that sort of have helped other women and just made them think i'm not on my own I actually, we do need to talk about this. Well, I share my my own quite regularly. Because so, so I come back to menopause a lot in the womanhood for two uh-huh. reasons. One is that it is one of those unspoken challenges that is unavoidable. You know, mm-hmm. every single woman is going to go through it, whereas the others mm-hmm. are kind of interchangeable. Um, and of course, it has been, there's been a lot of shame and stigma around menopause for a long time I think it's maybe partly linked to aging I think you know we celebrate youth in society and this Mm -hmm. idea of us getting older and not being able to have children drying up you know drying up like an old prune yes exactly um I do think you know it's had a branding problem to date um because you just associate it with a a white woman with white hair looking very sad is the kind of general image that comes to mind, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so one is that, you know, we all, it's the big unspoken topic that we all need to be ed- very educated about because that's, you know, that self-awareness is critical and actually getting diagnosed. Um, and secondly, I was diagnosed with premature menopause at 38 last year. Oh, so right. okay. um, it's so personally, it's a kind of become a bit of a, yeah, a mission to just yeah help help educate other women about it because it's that perimenopausal phase before you get into menopause that you experience mm-hmm. all of these symptoms that women in their 30s and 40s will be going through and as you say often don't have any idea about yeah and not expecting it necessarily at 38 like you say oh, yeah. or even you know we hear about um about people going through it early for various reasons. It may be that they've had cancer and have certain treatments and surgery, which then brings on an early menopause. Another subject that, you know, could take us an hour or longer to talk about. There's so many things that people don't expect, don't know because their mums didn't talk about it. Their grandmas didn't talk about it to their mums. It was that sort of make do and mend, keep calm and carry on attitude that people... It, well, it's almost like 
Well, it is. It's a shame. It's a, it's a stigma, isn't it? That it was. That mm. you shouldn't talk about this. You should just carry on. Yeah. And actually, it's like, no. Why wouldn't you talk about it? We talk about everything else. And we talk about if we're, you know, gluten intolerant and if we're, you know, all of these other health issues, yet we won't talk about this. And I feel like this, yeah. this conversation is starting. It's not where it needs to be. It's nowhere where it, where it needs to be, but it's definitely starting. And obviously you're, you're helping with this. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. When I got diagnosed in the summer of last year, I just started... Um, an Instagram series called Unspoken Women Live. So they were 30 minute conversations talking with talented women about the unspoken issues women were tackling at the time. Mm-hmm. And the one that I, I'd only just started, it, I think the second one was on PMS and hormones. And that day at six o'clock, I just heard from the doctor that actually oh. I, I was um, in POI, premature ovarian insufficiency. And I had this conversation live at eight o'clock mm-hmm. afterwards. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, this is an opportunity. Do I do I share this? And I and I could feel almost this like physical presence of the shame and stigma. Yeah. You know, like telling me, you can't share something so personal and you know, and you're 38, and you know, I don't know, I, I hadn't even had a chance to really consider oh. what any of that meant, but I just decided I just pushed it away and was like, I refuse, I refuse to feel the pressure. I'm just gonna share it. And out of sharing that has come so many wonderful things. I, you know, I feel very ingrained in the menopause startup place now, even though that's not what I am. But I've connected mm-hmm. with so many women who are building amazing businesses in this now. Yes. I've had, I think it will be like by the end of this month, a dozen different conversations with women in this space, um, which I'm trying to collate for people because a lot of people come to me for menopause advice now. Yeah. Um, and there's so many brilliant experts out there. And, you know, it's, it's not just about educating ourselves. That is a critical part. But I think mm. the other element even is, is actually turning it on its head and viewing it as a real amazing pathway to our power. And actually it can be a real gift yes. in women's life to go through this transition because it is a wake-up call about looking after yourself. It is a wake-up call. And something, you know, just thinking about premature menopause, women are having, well, we're having children later. and not generalising. But but on, you know, a major- the majority of women are having children a lot later than they were of previous generations. So it is something you, we need to be aware of. It's something, you know, if you think, well, actually, I'm not I'm not ready to start a family yet. There are mm. things to think about when it comes to that. I wasn't thinking about that when I started a family. And actually, I was one of the the younger of my sort of group of friends. And I was in my early 30s. So that's still much later than previous generations. And then a lot of my friends are still having children in their 40s. But then, you know, if you end up with an early menopause, then that's that's going to ruin your plans, essentially. So then you have to you have to be uh, knowledgeable about these things in order to make decisions, in order to make life decisions. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, definitely something that we need to continue this conversation about. Yeah, 100%. And I wonder if it's worth defining what the menopause is and the kind of average age at this point, because I still think when you get into, as I'm sure you have recently, when you get into this world, it's easy to assume that everybody knows this, but still a large proportion of of women don't know and they're not educated about it. So Exactly, yes. So the average age in the UK is 51. Um, 
And if you're between 40 and 45, it's considered early menopause. And if you're anything that's about 5% of that demographic will go through it at that point. Mm-hmm. And then if you're under 40, it's considered POI, premature menopause or premature ovarian insufficiency. Mm-hmm. And that's one in 100 women. Um, and menopause is only when you have been period free for 12 months. So even if you get to 11 months and you have a bleed, the clock restarts and you have to go again. So you have right. to go a full 12 months before you're actually diagnosed. And anything prior to that is perimenopause. Exactly. So all of yeah. those symptoms that you will hear about are actually the perimenopause, mm-hmm. or you know, they're all you know, all people almost use the term interchangeably: perimenopause and menopause mm-hmm. symptoms. So yeah, and that can be some women don't have any. I mean, I don't think I've met anyone yet that doesn't have any. Um, <laughs> uh, but so, some might go through it for a few months, but often you'll have it for a few years those symptoms and it can Uh be three to five years or it could be 10 to 15 years which is why when I'm talking to women in their 30s and 40s you know it's so critical that we understand it particularly because you know there's a you know the very well-known common symptoms and the hot flushes and the and the night sweats which I have experienced and were awful (laughs) frankly um but there's you know, potentially 48, definitely 34 symptoms that are known. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those, what you're likely to start with are the mental ones. So mm-hmm. that could be irritability, the rage, the anxiety, the insomnia, the brain fog, the memory loss. Mm-hmm. Um, that really, you know, they're very insidious, those ones. You know, they creep up on you. And mm-hmm. talk to any woman in 2021 who doesn't feel stressed and anxious and quite irritable. I mean, you know, I don't think there's that many of us, is there? It's particularly Not, at this no, point. No, I don't of... think so. So then you're left trying to work out, is this is this perimenopause or is, or is this just the pressures of life? Exactly. That is the real issue. And there are lots of menopause checklists out there now. You know, lots of people are creating them, which are very useful to get mm-hmm. familiar with with because there are others that you know once you see once you look at the big picture then Mm -hmm. and you start ticking off lots of them that's when it becomes more likely Uh that you might be getting into it because there's also hair thinning or brittle nails or your skin changes or you know um vaginal dryness you know there's Mm -hmm. changes in your test um in your libido due to testosterone um Itchy skin, apparently, the crawl is a crawling sensation on your skin is a one that's very particular. Muscle right. aches and joint pain. Um, yeah, there's, there's, and of course, changes in your period as well. So, yes, yeah, that's um, it really is a huge list, isn't it? And it's it's a it's a challenge. And like I say, when you are busy trying to work out what actually is happening with you, when you're focusing on everybody else and everything else, um, you can often forget yourself. And your your own needs, and I think we were, we were talking to um, a lady called Heather Jackson the other day, and and she um, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she um, has founded a company called Gen M, and that um, she started, and she wrote an open letter to brands to invite them to talk about it, but in so, in more ways than one, really. I thought brands and employers and everybody has this sort of responsibility to be aware of what you know women who are working for you are going through women who are your wife your your daughter your um your auntie and what they're feeling and what they're potentially going through um but then also commercializing it but not in a not in a um a horrible way to make money but to make 
products available that actually help women to go through these symptoms. So for instance, like we were talking about ceiling fans the other day for night sweats and we were talking about um, lightweight covers and in the way that you would go to a section of a supermarket for, and I'll go back to gluten-free again because we were talking about this the other day, but to, for all your gluten-free uh, needs, there isn't that for women, but there is this enormous market for it. So yeah. find brands, cash in on it, but also you know help people because most of the products are already there. It's just mm -hmm. creating that awareness and creating that that help that people need to be able to go to a place where they can get what they want and what they need to get them through these symptoms. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think anything that encourages the open dialogue about this yes. is, is brilliant. And, you know, I'm doing that amongst women specifically, but it does, as you say, it needs to be, it, it needs to be a conversation with everyone. I, you know, my uh, ex-husband will verify that me going through the menopause was pretty awful, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I, and I've got videos, reminders for myself of when I was, I felt quite sorry for my children and my husband at the time going through it because the rage, you know, really? I was sending him links about perimenopausal rage because yeah, it was like, a, I just, you'd, I'd go from naught to 90 in, in yes. no time at all. The tiniest things would, would absolutely blow my mind. And I just, and you feel so emotionally unbalanced, you know, yeah. and it's because you're hormonally unbalanced. That's what's happening is your hormones are fluctuating and gradually yeah. declining. Um, and that's why you have this swoop of, you know, different symptoms at different times. Mm. And, and, and lots of women will talk about feeling out of control and feel like they're going crazy because mm -hmm. they just don't feel themselves, you know. No. Um, and to have other people around you who understand and can support yeah. you with it. Yeah. Just the understanding and being able to essentially either move out of the way or talk about <laughs> it. You know, talking about it is huge, isn't it? Because you we've we've found out, I mean we've we've talked to a lot of our members about this. A, a large majority of our members are women and they are fantastic at coming back to us and giving us, you know, answers to our questions around how they're feeling and and their experiences. And there are some people that would never tell their husbands what they're going through and for me that's that was incredibly sad because yeah. and it, it's an eye-opener you're not all living in the same household you know you can only focus on you yeah. but if you can do something to help others to communicate and to talk about it and yeah. um, we all know that things get easier once you've once you've shared a problem yeah. um, so to hear that people are going through this in silence uh, and feeling very lonely about it is um, heartbreaking. It is. It's so, it's so critical to our well-being, isn't it? That connection and sense of community. Um, mm -hmm. We need it as as humans to survive. Um, and also, I think there's something about this hormonal balance that sometimes it's easier to see from the outside in. You know, certainly mm -hmm. I would have very bad PMS, you know, most of my life, to be honest, and I wouldn't mm -hmm. really be aware of it when I was in it. But I, I, when I got out the other side, and certainly my husband was, you know, and mm -hmm. he could see it, but I didn't want to hear it from him. No. Um, but that's why it is so critical that other people get educated about it because, some, you know, you have to be careful how you talk to a perimenopausal woman, but if you can say you it at do. the right time... <laughs> Yes, pick then, your moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, and run otherwise. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
But yeah. you know, there is there is absolute value, and you know, everybody needs to be part of a conversation. Otherwise, the conversation won't change, and that yeah. requires you know workplaces and and men as well. And then just coming back to actually being able to celebrate this time in your life and to say, actually, this is pretty good. I'm I'm not having periods anymore. Um, I'm your kids are potentially older. Potentially, but we know that isn't always the case, as you well know. Um, <laughs> different for everybody. But I so I'm I've got this freedom in various ways. Um, someone was saying I can wear white all month and not even you know think about it I'm embracing like this luxury look of white and and feeling like I'm in Ibiza all the time type of thing and um, just little things that other people are embracing and actually go no this is really good and I'm loving it and then there'll be some people that don't have these extreme symptoms and absolutely sail through it so mm-hmm. we never want to paint that like this horrible picture of it and this really sort of scary place because it can be completely different and actually it can be completely different whether you sort of share your journey and talk about it and share the experiences with other women with your other half with your family or if you do actually sail through it and think well I didn't think it was that bad I mean I hope I'm I hope I'm there I just don't think I'm gonna be judging by (laughs) I know I'm definitely having symptoms um so yeah I feel very um passionately that our bodies are always trying to talk to us and all Mm -hmm. these symptoms are that communication you know and we have a choice about whether or not we're going to listen to it and often we don't because we're too busy we you Mm -hmm. know we are conditioned and very expert as women to serve the needs of everybody else before ourselves be that children or parents or our you know employers whoever it might be and it's a constant theme in all my work is just these gentle mm-hmm. encouragements to put yourself higher up the list because that list never ends we never get to the mm-hmm. bottom so we'll no. never get to ourselves and I think you know I'm on HRT HRT is it, it, it can be very transformative it certainly took away a lot mm-hmm. of my hot flushes and the night sweats and the really, you know, I was having heart palpitations, thought I was going to have a panic attack. You know, it was, just it was very all-consuming. With yeah, all of those really... symptoms, it's actually really difficult. Oh, yeah, particularly when you're homeschooling in a global crisis. You know, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She laughs nervously. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Um, lost my train of thought now. Uh, oh, yeah, HRT does take you out of that hole... But I'm over a year on now and it doesn't Mm -hmm. solve everything. And I can and I and I still feel very mindful that we this is the prompt to do all those things that we know that we should do that we haven't been doing. That We need to eat better, that we need to sleep more. We we need to understand what rest is and actually incorporate it in our lives. Mm -hmm. We need to, you know, you can exercise, but we have to move and we have to look after our you know, our bones, our bodies, you know, Mm -hmm. estrogen is, we have estrogen receptors in every cell of our body and it works across all systems, but particularly our brains, our bones and our heart and our skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Women are more likely to die. The biggest killer of women is heart disease and estrogen can be linked to that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, more women are going to get Alzheimer's than men and estrogen is linked to that. You know, we have to we have to be thinking about our long-term health as well as just surviving the day-to-day at the moment. And I do believe that 
this time in our lives is a gift. It is mm-hmm. remind, and I, and I feel grateful in many, you know, as not great as it is to go through it early. I, mm-hmm. I do feel grateful for it absolutely changing, uh, changing my priorities. You know, mm-hmm. I ne- never have I been so up my, so high up my priority list. And God, I don't do it every day and I don't do it perfectly by any means, but I am doing things that, I am looking after myself in a way that I haven't done mm-hmm. before because I am. I know now that it is critical to do it at this point. Yeah, which is fantastic to hear because I think when you're younger, you can afford to get away with with sort of neglecting your body and just you know almost like abusing your body when you're you're out and you're not necessarily being healthy and you're drinking maybe. Um, so reflecting on that and seeing that as okay that's the time I had and that was brilliant but now it's time to change it is time to look after yourself and as as a woman and a mother it's always going to be difficult and I can hear you saying you're never good it will never be perfect you're never going to be necessarily at the top of that list but put yourself higher up on the list is what I'm hearing loud and clear and that and I think that's that's the goal, isn't it? Because like you say, that's not a mountain. That's a hill. Just get to the top of that hill. Get halfway up and, and count yourself in all of the things that you need to look after. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'd like us to be at the top because oh, I really yes. believe that. I, I, I think if we, do, if we do actually look after ourselves first, then all those other things become far easier to do. Partly mm-hmm. because you've got the energy to do it, but also because mm-hmm. you don't have that resentment hanging around you. That That's your life, true. You're just in existence for everybody else, you know. And don't you um, feel like resentment is part of the anger when it comes, when it hits? You then start going through in your head all these things that you've done for other people and, and just running a house, you yeah. know, and all the things, the small things that come with it. And suddenly you go... All of that has taken my time. Yeah. And actually, I'm really angry about it now. So, But you've let it build up. You know, I'm talking from a personal point of view as well here. I've let it build up and ignored myself. So how can you remind yourself to keep coming back? Keep coming back and saying, no, come on, right, I've got to make time for me today. Well, I, I often talk about the power of one percent in mm-hmm. the womanhood because i know that if you ask any woman to do make big changes um they're not going to happen very often and they often don't like sustain one mm-hmm. percent of our day i worked out is 15 minutes right if you ask a woman generally like can you go and spend 15 minutes on yourself sam you know just go and have a cup of tea don't no screens allowed just sit down mm-hmm. on the sofa read a magazine or something i don't know about you but i would think I don't know. My diary is pretty full. I don't have time. (laughs) 15 minutes. I don't have time. But if you say that is 1% of 24 hours, are you telling me you cannot dedicate 1% of your day to yourself? Yeah. It suddenly reframes what you're doing to yourself. And I think that's a nice place to start is just, just put that 15 minutes in every day and start there. That's That's a great way to look at it. And actually I'd love to, I'd love to challenge everybody listening to this today to say, do it. Do it this week. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Make it part of your routine. Even if you don't have a routine, you make sure you set an alarm to take 15 minutes out of your day when you know you can do it and take that time. And whether that's going to do a stretch, you know, you can do a 15 minute stretch of some sort, yoga, sit, like you say, sit, have a cup of tea, read a magazine, take your mind out of the day to day um, and 
and appreciate the shift, I think. Yeah. yeah. And tell us about it. I'd love to see. Let's see some pictures. A that woman's one percent. That would be a great. A woman's one yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 Let us know yeah. what you're doing and um we'd be really interested to hear. I think that could inform mm-hmm. other conversations going forward. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. I think the platform that you've uh, created is very special um, and a good place to for all women to sort of go and talk. So um, I really do think it's incredible that you've set it up, you've kept it going and uh, through your own, you know, <laughs> symptoms and life and kids and lockdown. So, yeah, we thank you for that. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Come and be um, my guest. I will. I will I'll be happy to. And and just so everybody, just to remind everybody where they can find you on Instagram, do you want to give out your details? Yes. So it's at the women. So it's plural women underscore hood. Um, and there's also there is an, a new event. It's not an unspoken session coming as part of Brighton Digital Festival, 4th of November. So it's called Unspoken Women Stories. So think TED women with an unspoken challenge lens. And it's three incredible women sharing their stories of creating positive change out of their greatest challenges. So it's a much more, I feel like there's a lot of fatigue in women at the moment. Mm-hmm. And my unspoken sessions, there is another one coming before Christmas, which is going to be about beating the overwhelm just mm-hmm. before all of the demands of Christmas are put upon us. And we, you know, return to this kind of normal, yeah. um, exhausting normal. But in the meantime, this is a more passive affair. So you can just sit back and hear invigorating stories about how women have used like free technology, te- um, like digital platforms mm-hmm. to create new experiences, businesses and positively impact the world around them that's that sounds so interesting i look forward to tuning into that that'd be great yeah i do be my all guest. right thank you very much jess oh thank you so thanks for all having right. me all right thanks everybody for listening um we will see you next week and um yeah have a good week take those 15 minutes bye bye <laughs>